630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. 7.05, one hour done, one hour left to go here on Inside Sports on this Thursday evening. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins. Big thanks to Reed, who's down covering the NHL entry draft in Dallas. Coverage begins at 4 o'clock right here on 6.30. Ched and uh, goes right up until uh, the Oilers uh, make their first overall, or for their, their first pick in the uh, in the first round. That's 10th overall. They trade up, trade down. We'll... We'll make the like I say. We'll make the we'll make the uh, alterations if that happens. But if everything stays status quo, uh, we expect to be on the air down on the brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium around six thirty, six forty-five ish, some somewhere in that range as the Eskimos take on the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the season opener. We'll hear from Morley Scott this hour as uh, well. Some members of the Edmonton Eskimos also Len Rhodes. Uh, from the uh, Edmonton Eskimos, the president and CEO. They're at the half in Ottawa, 25-14. The Ottawa Red Blacks over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, Zach Claros did come back to the bench, but uh, he's not uh, back in the game officially yet. Brandon Bridge is still at quarterback. And uh, Deron Carter has a pick six. His last two touchdowns, Kellen. And uh, we officially say hello to Kellen Kennedy. Hey. Hey, nice to see you, man. Hello. Yeah. Uh, Deron Carter's last two touchdowns have been pick sixes. That's, for an offensive-minded player, very strange. Yeah, it is. One of the quirks of the CFL, I guess. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a, a quirk that a guy can play so well on defense, uh, and, you know, I think he's still a better offensive player than a defensive player, but uh, that's Chris Jones. He's got so much confidence and swagger and an, and an arrogance to him as yeah, well we, that, that, you know, he's so confident that what he thinks is going to work is going to work. And I, I think uh, calling it like I see it here, that's more of a quirk of Chris Jones than anything else is his ability to find that athlete and say, uh, all right, tonight you're playing this side of the ball. Next week you'll be on your normal side of the ball, whatever, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, was that with Eddie Steele here? Was that the... Eddie Steele, yeah. yeah. He played two games in the 2015. 15 season, I believe, at uh, right guard. Mm-hmm. And I believe he played the uh, the Labor Day series at right. guard. And I remember talking to Eddie about, do you ever think about switching sides? Because Canadian offensive linemen last longer than Canadian defensive linemen primarily. And, uh, you know, he's a defensive guy at heart. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's a, it's a different mindset playing offensive line. Well, than if you play line. a certain position out of, let's say, you know, junior ranks and into high school ball and then into the university ball in the States and that stuff, you kind of get, you know, accustomed to that position. That's like, you know, walking up to the left winger, you know, yeah. going days before an NHL game and say, okay, you're playing defense. Um, yeah, I've played left wing my entire career. What's going on? You yeah, know? it's kind of a uh, kind of in the blood after a while. So, but Eddie Steele did a good job, and you know, Deron Carter's doing a good job in the corner. Also speaks to the Riders' lack of depth, probably at their defensive back uh, crew, uh, the defensive back crew, and uh, especially on the corner. But hey, it's working. So, 
so far so good, although the Riders are now down by it's still uh, early. 11 points. It's so. still early. We're talking about stuff that's happening in the middle of June. Yeah. Don't forget. So, you know, you can tape this conversation and replay <laughs> it back in November, and, you know, we'll laugh at it if we're wrong, I guess. It is week two, after all. Uh, no question about it. So, yes, at the half, it is uh, 25-14, the Ottawa Red Blacks leading the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, baseball today. The uh, Jays not in action until about an hour from now. They begin a seven-game road trip. They're in L.A. to play the Angels beginning of, I believe this is a four-game set, and they have a three-game set against the uh, Houston Astros. At the World Cup of Soccer today, Croatia advanced to the knockout round. They beat Argentina 3-0. Lionel Messi failed to even get one shot off five days after he missed a penalty in Argentina's 1-1 draw with Iceland. France has advanced to the round of 16 with a 1-0 victory over Peru. Australia stayed alive. They uh, they uh, uh, scored a 1-1 draw against Denmark. We still haven't had a 0-0 game in this tournament. 23 games in, not a 0-0 game. It's been a good World Cup so far. Right on. Yeah, no, yeah. that's what you want to see. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, Barry Trotz, new head coach of the New York Islanders. Yes, yes, yes. Two weeks after Trotz, actually two weeks ago tonight, uh, Trotz won a Stanley Cup of the Washington Capitals. And three days after and uh, three days after he resigned from that job, Trotz reportedly agreed to a five-year deal worth double what he would have made annually on a shorter contract with the Capitals. And probably so. the ability to pick his coaching staff, I would think. Uh, yeah, I would think that, so. I think that's a huge caveat for him yeah. going there. I think if you're Barry Trotz and you're the Islanders, you're going, whatever you want, Barry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to give it to you. <laughs> so now, we were discussing this last night, does Tavares even go anywhere at all? Now you got the Stanley Cup winning coach coming in to, to coach your team for next year. Yeah, that might, that might keep him around. Although, I mean, I don't know um, if it will be enough. It's a little late in the game now, but you never know. I mean, it's a lot can happen between now and, you know, February or uh, July the 1st. I was thinking of CFL free agency. <laughs> Football guy in the chair tonight. <laughs> you can text in at uh, 630-630. Uh, Jimbo says, the notion of addressing your uh, need at the draft fools the unintelligent because those players are three, five years away from making an impact. Trade at least one pick for roster players. You still have many later round picks to address your need. Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. You have to wait for some players. Um, that's the normal process. I mean, with your logic, Jimbo, every team or most teams would trade their picks in the first round because they can get players in the later rounds. doesn't work that way. I see what you're saying, but it doesn't work that way. Plus, what's the percentage of a later round pick actually making it to the, I don't know, AHL level, let alone NHL level? Well, it it happens, Mm -hmm. but yeah. I mean, there are are gems in a draft for sure, but uh, you never know even with first round picks. I mean, the the draft is such a crapshoot, but you get a lot of your depth from rounds two to seven. So, and that's where the Oilers have struggled. So there are some gems you can find. Um, there's just a lot of players available, right? So, um, but anyway, uh, Jimbo, I, I get your logic, but team's got a draft. So there you go. Um, Ivan Provorov, seventh overall pick. He would look great in Edmonton. Sure he would. <laughs> I don't think the Flyers would agree, though. Are the D prospects at 10th overall this year the same quality as Provorov? Doesn't sound like it. Um, it, it sounds like Boquist could be an offensive threat although he struggles in his own end. Uh, Provorov is very good in all three zones. Uh, does the number 10 overall pick get you Falk, Krug, Ellis, Hannafin? That's from Bruce in the Park. 
You see, that's the thing is you you got to be careful about overpaying and not being at a point where you're desperate to do something. Peter Shirelli talked about how it's important not to overreact to a bad year. It's easy and it's not necessarily wrong to want change when things are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's an instinctive feeling, um, whether you're in the business or not. But um, you got to be careful that you don't meddle too much. You got to know when someone's performing below uh, where they're expected to be or that's where they should be. Right, and that's our job to figure that out. And I, I, I felt, I felt that there were a lot of subpar performances last year. Um, so you know, like, like I, I try not to overreact. I understand that our fans are very disappointed in the year and clamor for changes and and and, and whatnot. But you just have to be careful. You don't meddle too much, and uh, and you just have to do the right thing for the organization. So don't make a desperate play. You know, if the move makes sense, you move number ten. But you know, and, and it's quite likely in the order's position they would have to overpay probably for something anyway. But you got to be careful how much you overpay. That's the difficult part. Uh, the Big L texts in, since R&H could very well be playing with McDavid this season, shouldn't the Oilers be looking for another center? So why emphasize Demon when centers are the hot commodity in this league now? Yeah, true, but defensemen are as well. And look, the the Oilers at number 10 are in a position where they have to pick the best player available. If they were in the top five, top three in some drafts, but in this draft specifically, if they were in the top two, I mean, it's either Darlene or it's, it's, uh, uh, oh boy, I drew a blank. Anyway, the Russian player. (laughs) Good one. Uh, But yeah, the Oilers are not in a position at number 10 to really you know, have control of what happens. So that's the difficult part. And what if a team calls and says, hey, can I, I would like to trade down because I think the player that we're looking for is probably going to be at the at your spot. So that's a possibility too. So again, I remember being on orders now with Bob Stoffer and, and working with him while Brendan Ulrich was away and we had Brian Lawton on the show from NHL Network, and he said, "I, you know, he was hearing, and I've heard this bef- from other uh, people in the know as well, that around the Oilers pick, that's when the draft gets a little dicey. But the Oilers do believe that there's going to be something there for them as well. So uh, get Colton Pareko for Clefbaum a second and Pugliarvi. Ooh. Um, Clefbaum and Pugliarvi are definitely going to be two pieces uh, on the Oilers roster, along with Lucic, what happens? You know, with those two, because I don't think the organization's ready to give up on Puliyarvi, but I don't think necessarily they would be adverse to trading him as well. And Clefbaum, you know, <clears throat> Shevchnikov, thank you. Uh, that's the number two expected number two pick tomorrow, uh, second overall. So um, Clefbaum, if he's healthy, I love what I see. But you do worry about that as well. So, But I think the team may be a little bit more adverse to trading Clefbaum than Pugliarvi. But I don't think they're necessarily looking to trade Pugliarvi. But when a GM calls, you listen. So simple as that. All right. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to a name. Jacob Bednard Docker. All right. He's from Canmore, Alberta. 
He played with uh, the Okotoks Oilers, and he is going to the University of North Dakota. He is ranked 39th by the Hockey News, so we're looking around maybe second round, and uh, Reed Wilkins had a chance to talk to Jacob Bernard-Docker. Well, Jacob, thanks for making time for us here. You're, you're here in Dallas. It is draft weekend, probably one you've been thinking about for a while. What's it like now it's actually here? It's really cool. I think just uh, trying to take it all in with my family, and um, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot warmer than uh, Alberta, so uh, you know, it's it's pretty cool coming off the plane, and you know, just um, it being really warm, and uh, just trying to enjoy it. Yeah, well, everybody's talking about the weather, especially Alberta kids like you and me. It's a bit of a shock. Um, who's who's with you? Did the whole family get to come? Yeah, yeah, my whole family's here, so it's really cool. All right. Um, th- this season for you, obviously, a pretty good one. Pretty good one team-wise. I know you didn't quite get as far as you wanted to, but you lost to a pretty good team in the in the AJ final. Uh, how how would you characterize the this the season overall? Uh, you didn't get the championship, but do you think it was? Uh, would you call it a success and fulfill some expectations? Yeah, I think obviously didn't get to that end goal. We wanted to win a championship there, but credit to Bruce Grove, they're a really good team, and uh, you know. But overall, we had an unbelievable season. I mean. Um, we were a young team, fast team, and, um, you know, a great group of guys. So um, enjoyed the coaching staff, and, you know, enjoyed everyone in Oak Tokes, and uh, it was just an unbelievable year. What was it like for you to start to hear yourself talked about somebody that is, is going to be drafted? You know, like you, you, you're now starting to think, oh, geez, this isn't an if. Maybe it's going to be a when and a matter of how high I go. What was it like dealing with some of that chatter and then probably some of the outside noise that comes with that? It's cool, I think, to get to get attention. It's definitely a, you know a cool thing and something you work hard for. But I think at the same time, it's uh, you know I wouldn't be in the position without without a lot of the people in my life and uh, my family being probably the biggest one. And then obviously my coaching staff in Oak Tokes and then my teammates as well. So uh, those people have definitely allowed me to succeed. Did you get that sense before this season that you were seriously being looked at, or or when did it really become a reality in your mind? I think I just came into the season kind of with an open mindset. You know, it was obviously always a goal of mine growing up. You always, you always want to get uh, get to the NHL somehow. So, uh, But I think I just came into the season with an open mindset and, and trying to work hard and uh, get better every day. And, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be in the position now. Jacob Bernard-Docker joining us on Inside Sports from the Okotoks Oilers. I've- I guess I can just tell people, look up whichever mock draft to see where you're supposed to go. I, I, early second round, I guess, would be a, a, a safe pick. I know you're, you're probably not too worried about exactly where it is. But, but let people know, when, when you're at your best, who are you as a defenseman? How would you describe yourself as a player? Yeah, I think when I'm at my best, I'm, I'm skating well and um, moving the puck north. And I think, uh, you know, the big thing is uh, my skating ability allows me to jump in the rush when I see fit. And uh, but at the same same time, I think uh, you know I'm really defensively responsible and uh, good in my own end, as, uh, own end as well. So, what was it like at the combine? It, it was an unbelievable experience. I think uh, you know got to meet a lot of new people and uh, create not a lot of new relationships and uh, hang out with some old buddies. So it was definitely a good time. I think you got interviewed by almost everybody uh, in the league. Did, did you talk to the Oilers? I did. Yeah. 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 What, what was that like? It was really cool. Um, I mean, growing up. Being an Alberta kid, Calgary and Edmonton, um, unbelievable rivalry, and uh, so it was a really cool experience. What was I, I asked the question? This question to a lot of kids coming out of the combine. What was the most maybe unusual or unexpected question that you got? You don't have to tell me who asked it, or or, or I know there was a, a, like a, some coordination drills that some guys always think yeah. are kind of funny. Yeah, I think probably the weirdest thing would have been you know a few teams asked some riddles. So really, uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting. 
<laughs> just so you know, th the quick you can think on your feet, I guess, if you get if you get surprised. Yeah. Um, is there an NHL player you really admire or you think you might model yourself after? I try to model my game after Morgan Riley. I think he's just uh, a really strong skater and a guy that you can put anywhere on the ice. And, uh, you know, he can play power play, penalty kill. And so, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is his versatility, and it's definitely something I look up to. All right. Now, next year for you, uh, is it another season in Okotoks, or are you going North Dakota for sure? I go in North Dakota. Yeah. All right. Uh, how, how come you picked them? I mean, I know they're yeah. <laughs> the tradition there, but. Yeah, the reputation was definitely a, a key factor, but I think the biggest thing was the coaching staff there. And, you know, meeting the, the three coaches and um, their professionalism and, and their knowledge about the game was unbelievable. And I think um, on top of that, they're great people as well. So I just saw uh, myself fitting in really well there. All right. Uh, you're are you, you're going to go to the draft tomorrow too, I assume? Yeah. Just in case? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, not that you couldn't go in the, the, the first round, but there are some projections maybe round two, but you'll go all, both days. Yeah, I think just go for the experience. I think I know where I end up is, is kind of irrelevant at this point. I think I've done everything I can do and uh, worked hard all year, and I think, uh, you know, wherever I end up, I'll be happy, so. Jacob, all the best. Thanks for your time. No problem. Thank you. So it'll be fun to see where Jacob Bernard Docker uh, goes in the draft, uh, ranked 39th overall in the uh, Hockey News draft ranking. So we'll see what happens. 722, back with more Inside Sports in a moment. The savings are so big, they've extended their hours till midnight tonight for the Midnight Madness sale at Mayfield Toyota. Hi, I'm Tracy Gray, and I'm broadcasting live on location where you can pay no GST on all new and used vehicles, as well as there's a three-year no-maintenance charge. So that's why you want to make your way down to Mayfield Toyota, get in on the hourly giveaways they've got today. There's specials going on, lease or finance rates as low as 0% for 39 months. It's also the last month of the red tag days, so you don't want to miss out on that. Take advantage of both deals. Euler Nation is here. You can enter to win one of many Euler's prizes. There's over 170 used vehicles, and they are all priced to sell, giving you exclusive pricing on new and used vehicles. So they've extended their hours, so you can get that vehicle that you've been dreaming of. Shop online at MayfieldToyota.com, and then also come on down and see the vehicles for yourself. There's so many to choose from. Take one for a test drive today at the Midnight Madness Sale Mayfield Toyota, 10220 170th Street. So Zach Caleros is done for the night for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They won't say the team isn't saying yet uh, why, but he's been knocked around a lot when he was in. Uh, just four for ten for 106 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Bridge is in for the rest of the game at quarterback for the Riders, who are down 25-14 to the Ottawa Red Blacks with under 10 minutes to play. News is next from the 630 Jet 24-hour news center with Morgan Black. The Eskimos have their home opener tomorrow against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. We'll hear from Morley Scott with a preview of tomorrow's action, plus uh, hear from some others as well, uh, including Eskimos president and CEO Len Rhodes. 50-50 starting at 70 grand, folks. Campbell in for Wilkins. This is the Thursday evening edition of 6.30 Chat Inside Sports. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 6.30 Chat. Twitter's going to be happy. Social media is going to be happy. Ron Carter got burned on oh, a touchdown. Lit up. <laughs> Uh, officially, it is a, let's see here, a 56-yard uh, touchdown. Trevor Harris to Deontay Spencer, who just simply outran Deron Carter, who did have a pick six earlier in the game, so give him credit for that. But uh, 
the Red Blacks firmly in control of this game right now. Uh, the score is 33-14 to 14 midway through the uh, third quarter of play. Is uh, week two action in the CFL kicks off tonight in our nation's capital. Zach Caleros is uh, out of the football game. Uh, the Riders haven't said officially, but it sounds like uh, he went through concussion protocol. He's on the sidelines in his street clothes and uh, not looking very happy at all. So Brandon Bridge is into the game, and Bridge uh, so far just 6 of 10 for 42 yards. Trevor Harris, on the other hand, 20 of 29, 268 yards passing and one touchdown. That is pretty good. So tomorrow, uh, the Edmonton Eskimos will uh, host the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the home opener on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Big night. Got to let you know that you know your ticket gets you on Edmonton Transit for free. That will start at 4 o'clock tomorrow. So the city announced that today, so great great job by the city. Uh, 4 o'clock tomorrow is when uh, you have a ticket, you get on ETS for free. So and the park and ride begins at 5.30. So that's pretty cool. You get to use the uh, your ticket an hour and a half earlier. That's so. how I get to the stadium if I'm not here. There you go. You'll park be here tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't go to the game tomorrow. You need to be here, okay? Oh, no, I know. I know. <laughs> you got a little thing called the NHL draft before then, too, that I kind of have to be here for. So. Yeah. No, there you go. Uh, Len Rhodes uh, today uh, on the 6.30 afternoon news speaking with uh, Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross about uh, the 50-50 program tomorrow. It's going to be uh, starting at a big number. This is the 70th season of play, and it coincides actually with the 40th anniversary of Commonwealth Stadium, <laughs> which was built and then we played in starting in 1978. So those are the milestones and the reason why we want to do something special. And uh, we know 50-50 is really popular here, and when you have a carryover or if you seed it, which we're doing tomorrow, it just brings uh, extra people into the stadium, there's no doubt. So we applied to AGLC, Alberta Gaming Liquor Commission, for the ability to seed it. It's actually, the club, it's costing us $140,000 because the take-home jackpot starts at 70 tomorrow, <laughs> but the other 70 goes to uh, towards amateur football. So that's why it's 50-50. So for $140,000, we're able to do it. We got the green light, and, um, you know, we all know what happens. Uh, we had <laughs> yeah. the North American record until late last year because the Vancouver Canucks had uh, a few carryovers, and they've now broken the record, so uh, we'll see where things go. So, how, sorry, how many uh, folks, uh, well, first off, how many season tickets have you sold? And uh, number two, how many tickets for tomorrow's game uh, on top of it? Uh, what are we expecting tomorrow night? Okay, so uh, the first question, uh, we've sold, we're up by over 1,000 season seat holders this year, Jalen. Nice. So we're at about 20,800, if my memory serves me right, which uh, going into a great cup year is just uh, fantastic, and uh, that then our challenge next year is to make sure that people had such a good time that they keep renewing their uh, season seats. So that obviously is a factor that you benefit when you're the host for the Great Cup um, is season seats. If you want your Great Cup tickets first, you've got to buy season seats. Tomorrow right now, uh, you know, we're trying to adhere to a policy of not sharing uh, numbers okay. in terms of where we're selling tickets until game day and then we announce it. But okay. let's put it this way. We're hoping to beat Saskatchewan, which uh, so far this year had the highest attendance. Mm-hmm. At 29.9. Huh. So uh, we certainly want 30,000 plus. 
Overlooking the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium during the Eskimos walkthrough, it's uh, Dave Campbell along with Morley Scott. The broadcast crew here on 6.30, Chet, as the Eskimos will have their home opener tomorrow night starting at 8 o'clock. Coverage will begin with countdown to kickoff sometime after uh, live coverage of the uh, NHL entry draft, more specifically when the Oilers make their 10th overall selection. Uh, Morley, hate to talk about this subject, but it's a subject that won't go away. The Eskimos have 13 players on their six-game injured list. You can add Vidal Hazelton and Forrest Hightower to the list. Hightower practiced all week and then left early yesterday. I don't know when this subject is going to go away. Uh, it's uh, Everything old is new again as far as that subject goes. Last year, we know the story with the Eskimos and all the injuries that they went through. It just has continued, despite the fact they've made so many changes, uh, in which probably was going to happen anyway, but they've made so many changes in, in the way the players, you know, the way they eat, their nutrition, their stretching, their warm-ups, uh, their recovery. So many things have been changed to try and prevent this, but yet... Here we are again, same place we were. In fact, at this stage last year, they weren't as bad off as they are right now injury-wise. And we know what happened last year. I mean, 13 players in the six-game injured list is incredible. You know, some of them start the season there with injuries left over from last year and in James Tuck's case from the Las Vegas minicamp. But it's it's just incredible. Like, uh, just, you know, there's, what, four games from the guys after the game put on the sixth game, then two more this week. The, The list just gets longer and longer. And again, game, it's some pretty important guys. I mean, it's your it's your left tackle. It's uh, it's your kick returner. It's, uh, you know, your starting linebacker, it, it, a big receiver in Vidal Hazelton. I mean, they're not just, again, players, but important players going on the six-game list. And the biggest uh, change is going to be up front on that offensive line. Basically, one injury, and that's Tommy Drahan, the left tackle, who is on the six-game injury list, obviously. Um, he's out, but that will create three changes. Matt O'Donnell moves from right guard all the way to left tackle. David Beard moves from left guard to right guard. And Travis Bond, ex of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and a cup of coffee with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, pretty, pretty good player, former CFL All-Star, Western Division All-Star with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He debuts tomorrow. And one of those rarities, you don't see it very often, an American player playing guard. It usually happens only in case of injury, but that's his position. That's where he played in Winnipeg for two years. That's where he was lining up in uh, in Saskatchewan this year throughout training camp. And the book on him, he, he is a guard. He's not a tackle. So the Eskimos have brought him in. Uh, and he's a good he's a good offensive lineman. I mean, he was one of the players, and the Eskimos had targeted him at free agency time, but he ended up signing with Saskatchewan, likely because they offered him more money, and that's likely the reason he was released as well, because he made too much money along with all the other guys. But, uh, I mean, uh, he's, he's a good player. He just, at the time didn't fit with the Eskimos and then they say well we can do this move a guy here move a guy there and make room for him and you make your offensive line probably better in that case Uh, the big question mark is going to be Matt O'Donnell and how he fares at that left tackle spot a very very important position for sure I believe he played tackle through most of his college career and when he was with Cincinnati in the NFL he was he was uh, attempting to make the club as a tackle so it's not foreign to him but he hasn't played it in the CFL except for the odd series due to injury so that's to me that's going to be one of the things to really watch tomorrow night Morley Scott joining us here on Inside Sports as we're overlooking the uh, 
field on uh, the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium as the Eskimos going through their paces at the uh, walkthrough. They face the Hamilton Tiger Cats tomorrow uh, here in the home opener. You look on the defensive side of things. Forced Hightower. That was a big, big loss. Now they, they get Aaron Grimes back who was off the suspended list after dealing with a personal issue, but it's almost like it's a, it's just, it's, you know, you thought they were upgraded and now they're kind of back to level playing field. We'll see Money Hunter play again at the strong halfback position, but that's a blow, losing Forrest Hightower. Sure is. I mean, and he was ready to come back. He was on the roster last week, but didn't play uh, and was one of the healthy scratches. So, uh, I guess unhealthy scratches because <laughs> he was hurt. Uh, but he was back at practice this week and he took part in practice and I know you would talk to him for our our pregame show, uh, an interview that probably won't be heard now. Not anymore. <laughs> uh, and then uh, in in the final full day of practice, he left early, and you wake up today, he's on the six game injured list. So yeah. yeah, it's 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 a tough break. The good news is Muddy Hunter's uh, a good player, and the Eskimos have a lot of faith in him, and they had him in that position last week. So he's not being thrown into anything at the last second, like we saw last year when when Johnny Adams got hurt late in in uh, the practice week, and the Eskimos had to make a change. Money Hunter played there last week, so he knows the position and uh, was going to be on the roster this week, probably as a backup and on special teams. So now he just moves over into the starting position. And if you look at the secondary compared to last week, where he had four. Uh, starters that would normally start uh, not there. It's only changed to one, uh, you know, knock one player off that list, so it's three. But like Nick Taylor and Aaron Grimes will be on one side, and Nick Taylor brings some experience. The other side, maybe you worry about a little bit more. Jordan Hoover on the far corner on the wide side, and Money Hunter. I bring this up because Terrence Tolliver's back in the lineup for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So, yeah. but one side of the field at least has some veteran experience. Yeah, for sure. And the one thing you can say about that defensive backfield that didn't have any experience pretty much going into the game last week. They've all got it now. They've all played a game so it's going to be different for them. They're going to obviously see a different quarterback and they're going to see different receivers and it's going to have a different look to it, but they have some experience. And The only way you can get experience is by playing, right? So uh, they'll take the second step towards that. Guys like Hoover and, and Hunter who are, are real raw to this uh, to this format. So we'll see, we'll see how they do, but uh, that's uh, another thing I think we really need to watch. Uh, Christoph Malema-Chumanga starting at Will Linebacker. I thought he played pretty well in the second half when Adam Cornar went off uh, for his injury. You look up front, uh, you're going to have Jake Ceresno, who I thought has been great during uh, training camp and even last week. He'll start at uh, the one tackle spot beside Amando Sewell. Uh, Rakeem Cox will uh, make his Eskimo debut most likely. Um, anyone that plays beside Amando Sewell seems to thrive anyway. Wow, why not? He's uh, maybe the best at what he does. The two best defensive tackles probably going to be in this game tomorrow night yeah. with uh, uh, Ted Laurent on the other side of things and, and Sewell playing for the Eskimos. But yeah, yeah, as far as Malumba Chumanga goes, I don't think that's an issue really at all. I mean, he played, he had nine starts last year, mm-hmm. and he played pretty well. Uh, he played pretty well, as you mentioned, in, this, in the second half of the game, or the second, third, whenever it was. Whatever it was. Because <laughs> he didn't have a half. Uh, Seventh half. <laughs> he, you know, he played pretty well when he came into the game, so uh, I don't think that's as much of a concern with him coming in for Adam Konar as some of the other spots are, because the guys coming in, as we've talked about, don't have that high experience level. Uh, Malumba Chumanga, is, you know, this will be his tenth start. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only early in his second year, so he's already getting that veteran status as far as getting starts and playing a lot. Yes, if there is some good news on the injury front, uh, Darius Allen, who uh, looked like a serious injury last week in Winnipeg, uh, he is not on an injured list. He's on the 46. Don't expect to play. The same deal goes on the offensive side when you have Brian Mitchell, not on an injured list, moved off to one game on the 46. I expect he'll be scratched because Miles Schuler will come in and, and play in that receiving core and also uh, 
uh, handle the returns as well. So hopefully that's something that the Eskimos can rely on, especially Brian Mitchell, who we've been waiting for for a long time to play this year. Yeah, kind of disappointed we never got to see him in the preseason, and he's been working out on the sidelines with the other injured Eskimos, and you watch him, and he looks fine. He's working hard, and, I mean, he doesn't limp. He doesn't look like he's favoring anything, but he still remains on the injured list and hasn't played. So I would think he'd be ready to step in next week for whoever gets injured this week. Knocking on wood there. Uh, so yeah, I think he's ready to. I think he's ready to come back probably in in the game next week against the BC Lions, and he'll add a whole new dimension to the offense as well. So uh, Allen, it's good to see Allen still on the on the uh, forty six. Although, like you say, neither one of them practiced all week, so they're probably not going to play in the, in the football game tomorrow night. And it'll be uh, it's good because that did look like a serious injury. I was surprised when his name didn't come up on the sixth game when the when the roster came out today. Eskimos play by play voice here on six thirty. Chet Morley Scott joining us as we're previewing tomorrow's home opener. The Edmonton Eskimos and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. 8 o'clock start. Have it live for you on 6.30, Chet, following uh, live coverage of the NHL entry draft in Dallas and after the Oilers make their 10th overall selection. Okay, finally, quick note on Hamilton. No, Johnny Manziel won't start. Who knows if he'll play? Probably won't. Uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli last week and, and the whole Tiger Cat team gave the Stampeders a really good fight. Mazzoli, we know very well what he did in 2016 in the game here. Uh, set the new completion record in the CFL broken by, uh, he broke Jason Moss's old record but set back in 2004 when he was a starting quarterback for the Eskimos. Hamilton has always played the Eskimos tough, Morley, and they get the Bro Show back as well as Delvin Bro is back from the NFL uh, signed this week. Uh, first game since the 2014 Grey Cup. So Hamilton is always a, a tough out for the Eskimos. And uh, head coach Jason Moss had some really nice things to say about Jeremiah Masoli uh, at practice earlier this week talked about just how how hard he is to play against and his skill set is good because he's got a good arm and he can run. I mean, he's that kind of quarterback that can take off a little bit and he, you know, and he talked about the fact that, you know, he likes his demeanor on the field. So, uh, yeah, and, and I, you know, he threw for 344 yards against the Calgary Stampeders. So, uh, although the interception kind of killed any kind of chance to win late in the, in the football game, uh, I say good for him because the kids playing under a tremendous amount of pressure, uh, just brought on by the fact that Johnny Manziel is here and with the team. So uh, everyone is waiting and waiting and waiting for Manziel to get into the game. And uh, any little misstep, and I'm sure Jeremiah Masoli's looking over his shoulder and wondering when it's going to happen. It's going to happen this year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. We all kind of agree that at some point this year, uh, Johnny Manziel is going to be the starter for the Ticats, but uh, good for Mazzoli to hold them off as long as he can and make it as difficult as possible from a football perspective instead of a marketing perspective to put Johnny Manziel back in the football game. All right. Well, we're overlooking the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium right now. Watching the Eskimos walkthrough will be here tomorrow night overlooking the field as the Eskimos play the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the Eskimos opener. Partner, thanks so much. You bet, Dave. Anytime. Talk to you later. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Thank you, Mike. Reed Wilkins down in Dallas for the NHL entry draft, so that's why I'm here, Dave Campbell. Sitting in in the final few minutes of the show. Uh, enjoyed it very much. Thanks for uh, tuning in. 6.30 Chad NHL draft coverage is powered by Fast Track Indoor Karting. It's adrenaline pumping. It's safe. It's fun. Fast Track Indoor Karting. Edmonton.ca. We're also uh, brought to you by Northern Chicken. Check out the new spring chicken. Menu with spring inspired fixins start salivating at northchickenyeg.com. Uh, so, 
Jason Moss on all these injuries. More players out of this week for the six-game injured list. Defensive back, Forrest Hightower. Receivers, Vidal Hazelton and Jamil Smith. Linebacker, Adam Konar. Uh, defensive tackle, Mike Moore. And left tackle, Tommy Draheim. All on the six-game injured list. Jason Moss, here we go again. Yeah, you look at our injuries, though, and they're a lot different than what we had last year. We don't have the soft tissue injuries we had last year. We don't have those kinds of things right now. Um, you're looking at concussions. You're looking at broken bones. You're looking at things like that, which no matter how good a shape you're in, those things are going to happen. So I think our conditioning program has done extremely well. The guys that are playing are ready to play each week like we expected. Um, and, you know, the part of our list of 13-2 is guys that were put on six games right off the bat. And those are guys that had injuries from the previous year and surgeries from the previous year that we just didn't think they were quite ready to start the season. So it's not quite the same. Um, I think we've done a, a good job, I believe, in that department. And the rest of the season will play itself out. Shoot, you don't want to have anybody hurt. And anytime you're getting these kinds of players hurt, this number, you know, you look at everything. But we had a meeting this morning to look at all of it. And again, there's lots of stuff that's out of our control. A lot of things that you want to say is just bad luck. I mean, how do you prevent a broken thumb? How do you prevent a broken foot? I mean, I don't care how great a shape you are in. If you're going to break your foot or break your thumb, you're going to break them. So um, it's the other little things that we're trying to curtail. You know, the way we work out, the way we stretch, the way we warm up, the recovery recovery that we have it's to prevent those other injuries and I feel feel like we've done a pretty good job of that so far so the biggest change is on the offensive line and they will shift the Eskimos will Matt O'Donnell from right guard to left tackle newcomer Travis Bond will make his debut at left guard and David Beard shifts from left guard to right guard but of course Matt O'Donnell moving to left tackle is the uh, biggest um, I would I would say biggest news of of this shuffle. I mean, that's three changes for one injury. Uh, Jason Moss talking about what challenges Matt O'Donnell will have at left tackle. Switching positions. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, that's when you go from interior to on, on the outside, it's always just a little bit different. Uh, footwork's different. The type of players you're seeing are different. Um, we wouldn't be putting him in the situation if we didn't think we were confident that he could get the job done. He's done it in the past and done it well. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, his biggest challenge is just the fact that uh, uh, he's not going to be as comfortable as he would having as many games as he's played inside. It is the whole home opener. Mike Riley excited about it and says, yeah, there's a little bit more uh, extra emphasis on this game because it's the home opener. Yeah, I mean, playing in front of the home crowd is always awesome. Um, you know, the first preseason game seems like it was a really long time ago because it was. So uh, to be able to get back in front of our crowd really for the first time as as the 2018 Eskimos, you know, our, our actual team, not just a preseason roster, um, is great. You know, I'm excited to see everybody come out. Uh, you know, there's a lot of fans that you, you get to know over the years and you know where they sit and you see them getting ready during pregame stretch, getting ready to watch a game. And it's just it's always fun to play in front of your crowd. And, yes, there's a chance for thunderstorms tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be the uh, longest continuous game variety or threatening the longest continuous game, but uh, I believe there's about a 40% chance of thunderstorms at the beginning of the game, a bit before the game, during the game, and uh, by the end of the game they should all be fizzled out. So I don't know how long or 
how much this is valid or not, that uh, we'll have thunderstorms. You just never know. We do live in Edmonton, and we do live on the prairie, so... Be ready for anything, Kellen. That's what we have to do. Uh, as long as I get home earlier than I did last week, that'd be great. <laughs> all right. All. Uh, 33-17, the Red Blacks leading. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are in the fourth quarter. Early in the fourth, uh, about 12 minutes to go in that game. Zacaleros is out of the game. Uh, looks like he went into concussion protocol. So he is done for the night. And Brandon Bridge is into the game. Toronto Blue Jays taking on the LA Angels. In uh, a few moments' time, Croatia advanced to the knockout round of the World Cup, beating Argentina 3-0. France advancing to the round of 16 with a 1-0 victory over Peru. Australia stayed alive with a 1-1 draw against Denmark. NHL draft coverage begins tomorrow, 4 o'clock. We'll carry it until the the, uh, Oilers make their 10th overall pick. Then we'll switch to football and uh, coverage of the Eskimos home opener against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Also, NHL draft coverage on Saturday from 8 a.m. until noon. On behalf of Kellen Kennedy, thank you very much, buddy. My pleasure, Dave. This was fun. My name is Dave Campbell. We'll talk to you tomorrow from the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Big sports day coming up tomorrow and this weekend on 630 Jet. Have a great night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.